0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline. I am a senior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be hosting this series where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Usually, here is where I'll say that each episode will feature any topic and a different guest, but today is gonna be a little special holiday edition Christmas version of the podcast. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can definitely see the visual. So a little bit of Christmas holiday spirit. Um, but I also wanted to add that this podcast is available on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Check out those other options where you can have it on in the background and then do, do your own thing on your phone or iPad or whatever. We're gonna be trying out this solo podcast format, which I'm really excited for because I feel like this time definitely merits a more introspective, uh, inward-looking episode. Especially for students, I think high school students and college students, and also graduate students. It's like a very potentially stressful time, and that's because for early decisioners, your early decision results probably came out, at least for Columbia, they did this past week, I think on the 14th or something like that. Um, If you are in college, at least if you're a senior, a lot of my friends are now applying into graduate school, whether it be for biology, PhDs, um, English, comparative literature, etc. A lot of apps are due in December or January, Also, I personally am applying to medical school now, and right now is the season of interviews, and that will probably go on until February of next year. Today's episode featuring the ideas of stoicism and some philosophical quotes that have helped me throughout this semester, I think it'll hopefully help you just help limit the amount of overthinking that is done. A lot of the times, you know, if you overthink, you basically are psyching yourself out. You're stressing yourself out. A lot of the things that you feel like are stressing you really come from inside your own mind. So this philosophy of stoicism is something that I came across when I was looking at Instagram, scrolling mindlessly through Instagram. This came up as one of those like short films or reels or something like that. This was from the Daily Stoic. It was a video about how not to overthink or how to, prevent suffering by you know, changing the way that you think. I had previously heard of Stoicism with a capital S, this philosophy, and I just thought, my first reaction was that this is gonna be a, a boring topic or this is gonna be something that is, you know, just like promoting indifference or something like that. Because the first time I heard the word stoic, I think it was when I was studying for the SATs and stoic to me just meant not showing emotion or hiding emotion or being indifferent to everything which doesn't seem all that appealing if you ask me but stoicism isn't all about hiding your emotions or just being indifferent to everything i'll draw from a newsletter post that i wrote about this so this is what i wrote stoicism as a philosophy isn't about resigning to life's punches or bottling up emotions Rather, it focuses on cultivating the inner strength. You need to roll with these punches, adapting yourself to circumstances to lessen the impact of the blows. It's sort of like Tai Chi. Your strength is derived from your opponent's momentum. Instead of stubbornly combating challenges, you engage with them and adapt your mindset accordingly. So really instead of bottling up your emotions, basically you're learning how to manage them, right? Like what are some preconceived notions that you have that are, predisposing you to feeling these negative emotions and how can you rearrange those conceptions to make yourself feel better? It might not change the reality, but it can change how you feel about it. Another thing that I wrote is, it's also essential to identify who your opponent actually is. This will allow you to pinpoint the source of discomfort or pain or suffering or fear or whatever you're feeling, which is the first step to resolution. Do you even have an opponent or are you just shadow boxing? are the blows you're facing real or imagined, end quote. So there was this really great saying from the Stoics, specifically Seneca, that goes, you suffer more in imagination than in reality. When I first read this quote, I was like, wow, you know, this basically just summarized my entire life in eight little words. And it's true because if you think back to the major events that caused you stress, in your life or just made you feel anxious or overall, just not very comfortable. Um, I'd say maybe events like interviews, right? Like meeting a new crowd of people and having to speak with them in a public speaking scenario or going to competitions and having to debate, etc. A lot of the stress probably didn't come from the moment itself. It probably came from a lot of just overthinking prior to that moment. So, I think that this also applies to us when we are thinking about what other people are perhaps judging us as. It's difficult, I think, as a human being to not be afraid of what other people think, or at least to not care what other people think. A lot of what makes you feel self-conscious isn't necessarily what other people are thinking of you. It's what you think other people are judging you as. So the idea that someone's judgment is making you feel self-conscious has to be reversed because your own self-consciousness is making you feel like you're being judged. I'm going to read another quote from my newsletter. This kind of summarizes what we just said. So your mind is more powerful than you give it credit for. When we're dreading an event, let's say public speaking, it is often the buildup that causes us the most discomfort. The replaying of scenarios gone wrong in our imagination causes more fear than the actual act of stepping up to the podium to speak. Afterwards we think, it wasn't all that bad, I shouldn't have worried so much about it. For example, if you are going to take a test, I remember when I was in my sophomore year of college and I was studying for my biology test, I probably should have just spent the time that I was worrying about the test uh, I probably should have spent it sleeping or resting or doing something to get my mind off of my worries because that would have treated me better during the exam. I wouldn't have felt as tired or as like drowsy because I was overthinking instead of resting. There's a lot of uncertainty in what the future holds, right? You just have to think about what can you control and what you, what you can't control. Um, and what you can't control a lot of that comes from how other people react to you. The fact that I'm saying this might sound like I follow this to the T, a hundred percent, but the reason why I'm saying this is because is that I want to share these sort of lessons that I'm currently still learning and that I need to practice myself a lot because at times there'll be mild inconveniences and I'm like, wow, I'm not bothered by this at all. I'm such a stoic philosopher, but (laughs) when real issues come up and bigger issues come up and other types of even small minute issues come up, you know, you'll start to feel that tinge of stress or worry or anxiety. And it's hard to apply these principles every single day. And you might feel like what's the point of using this, but really I think, even if you're not facing any difficult situations now or any stresses. Now it's a good mindset to practice so that when you, when you are met with these challenges, um, when you're met with this public speaking opportunity, when you're met with this interview opportunity, you'll know that maybe it isn't such a big deal. Maybe I should practice what the Stoics preach, um, and prevent myself from feeling these stresses, even when in situations that I would usually feel stressed in. If we convince ourselves to be more aware of what we're feeling, because a lot of the times we don't know that we have these preconceived notions that make us feel negatively towards something. But if we're just aware that possibly these emotions are coming from within, they're not caused by someone else, but they're really caused by our reactions to something. I think that'll help us just take the first step towards resolution instead of ruminating over difficult conversations or difficult topics. Myself included, a lot of people think that our troubles come from external sources. What so-and-so did made me feel this way or what so-and-so said caused me to do what I did. This mindset, while it might give yourself some relief from blame in the short term what we're really doing is deflecting the blame onto someone else which in the long term isn't the best solution right because we have to recognize that you know what they're doing maybe didn't cause us to feel this way but it's our reaction that is actually controlling how we feel about things right so it's kind of a feeling of helplessness if you keep saying that that person made me do something or that person made me say something or what that person said caused me to feel this way it kind of frames it as if you don't have any control over what you're feeling maybe one solution is to just recognize this at first i know i mentioned that already just to maybe give others the benefit of the doubt right maybe you think that they're intentionally trying to make you feel some way but Maybe they're, they don't even have you in mind, they're just doing it for them, right? So always giving people the benefit of the doubt, I think is important in making yourself feel better, even if it doesn't change reality. And so there's this story, this little anecdote that I incorporated in my newsletter about this. And I keep talking about my newsletter, but I will definitely link that in the description below it is called the open note newsletter i like that name because it's kind of consistent with the open mic podcast (laughs) i try to publish bi-weekly, or every month at least, uh, about things that i've learned from school, from life, and just different experiences Uh, for example study habits, these types of philosophical ideas as well so hopefully that'll help you and make sure to follow and subscribe in the description i shared this anecdote in the newsletter where i would ride around in my mom's car when i was little and you know we'd be driving back and forth from school and other extracurriculars etc sometimes when you're driving no matter how well you follow the rules and you stay in your own lane other people will come in and speed and cut you off and not let you change lanes etc right a lot of the times people's first instinct is to feel angry. Like that person is doing this on purpose to make me feel bad or to make my day bad or to slow me down. But if you have this sort of more positive, optimistic, not childish, but just a little bit more, I'd say I'll just keep with optimistic, right? Because this is what I was feeling when I was a little child. So that's why I was thinking childish, but instead of feeling angry, at the people who cut us off or who were speeding, I would always be like, you know, mom, maybe there's a pregnant woman in their car and her water just broke and maybe she needs to get to the hospital really, really quick because she's gonna go into labor and bring life into the world. And I know that that was a pretty extreme example, but that's literally the first thing that would always come into my mind when I would see people speeding on the street. Even though that's probably not the case, 99.999999 repeating percent of the time maybe it could be and I think that in that way it just made the situation a little bit more lighthearted a little less like frustrating it didn't change what the drivers were doing they were still speeding they were still cutting people off but it made the entire scenario seem more like a story or like a movie scene, right? And it just changed the way that you think. So I think if you apply this mindset to a lot of different scenarios, you won't feel as bothered or as easily bothered. I want to continue by sharing a few quotes that I really like. So this quote is going to be from Epictetus, and it says, Don't explain your philosophy, embody it and what this means is really- or at least my interpretation of this is that you don't want to be led by the wrong motivations don't do things for the sake of showing others do things for the sake of improving yourself or improving the world or for the sake of just staying true to your intentions i think especially in the age of social media there's a tendency to post idyllic photos and catchy captions to of how to live your best life when you yourself probably aren't even following your own advice. There's a tendency to share, but not to do. And there's a tendency to talk, but not to take action. And this is something that I have to remind myself. It's easy to fall into this habit of telling someone else to do something or being like, oh, these are the ways to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. but it's difficult to implement those yourself. This idea of embodying your philosophy provides the perfect segue into introducing our sponsor for today, Ana Luisa. Ana Luisa is a New York-based jewelry brand that is focused on sustainability and affordability, starting at just $39 for really beautiful jewelry pieces like these. I'm currently wearing the May necklace and the Aura bracelet. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see them on camera. I really, really love these pieces and I definitely encourage you to check them out. They are currently having their biggest sale of the year for the holiday season. So it's buy one, get one 60% off, which is pretty great. They're A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Once again, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. And you can use my link in the description shop.analuisa.com to check out my favorites. New jewelry collections are released every Friday, so you'll always be able to catch your eye on something new. It's buy one, get one 60% off for the holiday season only. So be sure to check that out through the link in the description below. The second quote that I want to talk about is from another stoic philosopher by Marcus Aurelius. And his quote is, ask yourself at every moment, is this necessary? i think that this quote is about setting priorities, right? is this necessary? do you want to take on this new task? if you do, why is that? if you don't, what is the reason why you don't? for example, if you're a student, right? and you are offered this great opportunity to take on this extra project on the side or take on a new job, your first instinct if you are a person who tends to just accept opportunities as they come to you, which I know is a lot of people, right? is to say yes. and you might not really think through the amount of time that is necessary for the project. Um, you might not think about the time you need to rest and to recover from studying at exams. we need to really think things through. is this something you really want to do? or is this something you feel like you have to do? is this something you have to do or is it something that someone else is saying that you have to do? it's sometimes difficult to navigate and it's sometimes difficult to determine the difference between those two because there is a fine line between something that you want to do that you have to do that someone else is saying that you have to do and it takes a lot of self-reflection to discern that I also want to say that the reason I'm filming this now is because I was lucky enough to have my final papers and final exams complete by the end of this past week. So this week I'm actually starting break pretty early. I've never had breaks start this early before. So yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Um, another quote that I wanted to mention is, nothing is enough for the man to whom enough is too little. And this is by Epicurus. It sounds a little bit convoluted at first. but This quote is teaching us how to be satisfied with what we have. I know that in the age of social media, in the age of consumerism, where everyone needs to buy everything that's new, all these different trends, you might feel like you're missing out if you don't do all these things and if you don't do all the things that you see people on social media doing. But in reality, you are the person who determines what is enough for yourself. I think it's easy to say that, you know, society is telling me that you need to do X, Y, and Z to be happy, but yeah, sure. That can be what they're telling you. But do you want to listen to that? Do you want to listen to that advice? Or do you want to do something that's good for yourself? There's always this idea that, you know, you want to get a hundred percent. You want to do everything to the best of your ability. You want to get everything um, that you see other people have, but in reality is, that actually necessary and is your enough and is your satisfied point really determined by what other people are doing or is it determined by what you want to do there was another quote by epictetus that i wanted to share and it's if you want to improve be content to be thought foolish and stupid with regard to external things don't wish to be thought to know anything and even if you appear to be somebody important to others distrust yourself I'm going to read that again, just so we get a full understanding of it. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid with regard to external things. Don't wish to be thought to know anything. And even if you appear to be somebody important to others, distrust yourself. So that last part is not trying to bash on your (laughs) self-esteem or your confidence or anything but it's really just to make yourself a little bit more aware that nobody is 100% right 100% of the time. Everybody makes mistakes, everybody has those days, everybody know, knows what, what I'm talking about, everybody gets that way. So in the words of Hannah Montana, right, you've got to make sure that you know that nobody is perfect, including yourself. I mean, definitely celebrate your successes and be happy for yourself, but don't, let this overwhelm you and don't let this kind of take over the need to learn new things every single day. Um, If you want to improve, right, you can't be afraid to be thought foolish or stupid. And I know that this is so much easier said than done because a lot of the times, for example, in the classroom, you don't want to ask a question that you think the professor will think is quote unquote stupid or dumb. You want to sound intelligent right in front of other people in front of your classmates. But the thing is. If you're so concerned with image, you won't really have enough heed or enough attention paid to improvement. I think something that comes to mind for this example is this past finals week, I tried to get as much done early as possible. So I had like a paper do Monday and Wednesday, but then I finished both of them on Sunday and then I just had to prep for an oral exam on Wednesday and then a final project on Friday. So I had a little bit of time to record a self-audition for a student film at Columbia. This was the first time that I actively sought any kind of acting opportunity. I'd always been interested in acting um, because it's something that has been going on in my family and I just thought that it was so cool. I thought- I feel like- I still feel like people who can act and people who can embody other people's experiences are so cool and they're so incredible and it takes a lot of guts to do acting because you're really putting yourself out there and I feel like it's more difficult even than taking a test or preparing for an interview because when you're acting, you're trying to embody somebody else's feelings and persona um, and internal and perhaps external features. So being able to do that takes a lot of guts. And if the thing is like, it takes guts because if you don't do it as well as you'd like, you're afraid of how people will react, right? You're afraid that they're gonna judge you. At least this is, I'm saying this as if I'm talking to someone else, but this is what I was feeling. I was afraid that people would judge me or laugh at me or uh, make fun of the way that I, saw this character or make fun of the way that i portray this character, i myself was afraid of being thought foolish or stupid, as the quote says. i realized that this was all in my imagination and not really in reality. and good news, i actually was called back for a callback (laughs) after submitting my audition tape, which i did not expect at all because the director and producer had sent out an email listing the people who auditioned for the different parts, right? It was like a, like in the two or the CC section or the copy section of the email chain. And there were so, so many people who auditioned. And I'm sure a lot of them had acting backgrounds or took acting classes or came to Columbia or Barnard to be actresses or actors. And I was called back to an audition. And when I was there, you know, I thought it was gonna be really stressful. Um, and scary, but actually, I wasn't that nervous. I think one part of that is because I realized that you know, this is a hobby, this is something that should be fun, it shouldn't be that stressful. It's not um, necessarily a high, high stakes thing, it's just something that I'm hoping to do uh, as a hobby over the break or over next semester. And sneak peek of next semester, I'm actually taking an acting class so when i was there, i was speaking with one of the girls who was trying out for the part that i was in and she was really nice, Um, she had so much acting experience and i was like, oh this is my first time acting and she was just very encouraging so i think that recognizing that other people aren't judging ourselves as harshly as we judge ourselves is a really big step to making ourselves a little bit less of overthinkers and a little bit more of people who enjoy the process and live in the moment. I also wanna say that this is kind of exciting because it's almost January, and January of 2021 was when I released the first episode of the podcast with my friend Dan, who is a varsity golfer at Columbia. And so literally it's been a year Um, we've had this is gonna be episode number 24 of the podcast Uh, I hope you like this solo format it's more of me just explaining how I've been feeling so far I mean if this helps anyone I really I really hope it does because I know that this time application season interview season hearing back from schools season can be pretty tough because you're working so hard all of these years, and this decision is something that might you might think will affect you for the rest of your life. But then, just thinking about aspects of life that you can and cannot control. Right, you put your best foot forward in your applications. You spent hours, days, weeks revising your essays, practicing for interviews um, studying for exams, um, to get those grades that you're sending to your schools now. So those were all under your control and you did the best that you can. Things sometimes don't work out in the way you want them to, or they work out in the way that you had hoped them to. And just recognizing that both of these results are okay is something that will help you make yourself feel a little bit happier in the future. I hope that this episode was helpful. This was kind of just me rambling on about my thoughts, reflections on the semester. Hopefully for those of you who are still awaiting college decisions or grad school or med school decisions or are still taking finals, honestly, hopefully this helps you relieve a little bit of that anxiety and stress and worry and just, you know, celebrate yourself a little bit. Have a happy holiday season. And I just wanted to remind you guys again about the huge sale at Ana Luisa. You can click the link in my description, shop.analuisa.com slash open to see my favorites. Thank you so much for listening today. You're doing absolutely fantastic. And I will see you in the next episode. Have a happy and healthy 2022. Bye.